There's another squad attacking. Welcome to the Third Party Podcast, your weekly Apex Legends podcast brought to you by Crossover Media. I'm your host, Shay, joined by my co-host, Henry. Henry, how's it going today? I'm doing really good. Another exciting episode, as always. I'm excited to go into the SMGs. Yeah, this is going to be a good one. I think it's being talked about a lot right now on socials. You got the Volt, the R9, the head-to-head combat. Who's better? We're going to give you our two cents and hopefully answer that question for you. Before you do, make sure you check us out on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to us on YouTube, Third Party Pod. We stream weekly, 4 to 6 p.m. PST on Thursdays. We got a good one today, like we said, covering the SMG meta, talking about news, the quick draw hop up, welcome to the club, and of course, answering some questions. Before we do any of that, though, let's dive into some five star reviews. First review is coming from James C. Number three. Wow, great job. I love this podcast, and you guys consistently put good content out but holy cow your most recent interview was superb great choice to go through each legend and this interview really gave me a peek behind the curtain for respawn much appreciated that was one of our favorite episodes yet absolutely amazing to talk to daniel next review coming from moist boys forever new favorite podcast i'm an up-and-coming apex streamer and when i started out i realized i wasn't exactly the best at the game So I did some research and found this podcast. I listened to a few episodes and went from a level 200-ish gold rank to a level 317 diamond rank in just two weeks back in season six. Now I find myself counting down the days till the next episode. I'm glad to have you. That's really nice of you to say. A lot of people seem to have these sort of results. Um, I'm not sure about the correlation. We try our best. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, what do you think? I don't know. We we try to give the advice. I'm just glad that people can actually execute the advice and that we don't suck at explaining things sometimes. I feel like that's where I'm reassured with those ones. Yeah, for sure. I agree. Okay, the next review is our longest review ever. Bless up. So it's going to be kind of a mission, but (laughs) I think it's a really nice one, so we're going to read it out. Coming from Woodblock, this is the B-E-S-T podcast ever. And that counts all other podcasts, including the non-gaming ones. I'm not capping this podcast. It's insane. Henry and Shay are truly committed, level 500 players from the start who aren't just playing the game because they need content for the next episode. They aren't some kid who started at season three, unlike myself. These guys are committed, committed, committed because they truly love the game as it is. They never complain, rant, or bicker. Heck, they even embrace the third-party strategy and never say if that team didn't come, dot, dot, dot. Their voices are calm and non-toxic. They never get annoyingly excited. And they are some that you can listen to all day long. If this isn't enough to convince you to listen to a single episode, then let me tell you a little more. Bring it on. They go out of their way to provide the best information in every episode, ranging from in-depth gun and loadout analysis. They provide the latest news about sales, events, and so much more. They are constantly going in-depth about strategy, maps, seasons, legends, LTMs, POIs, interviews, and always listen to their community. Henry and Shay are by far the most informed, most intrigued, and most fun hosts of anything. Henry and Shay, if you are reading this, I just want, want you to know how all of your committed listeners truly respect, appreciate, and love the work and effort put into each and every episode. Before this excessively long review comes to an end, I just want to add one thing. If you can, try to get water in for an interview. 
as he is literally the you guys of YouTube. Very much appreciate the kind words, Woodblock. It really does mean a lot. We try to put a lot of work into this and make it as best as we can. So to hear something like that is very uh, reassuring and reinforcing that we're doing some good stuff and offering some value. Definitely uh, feels really good. Nice to hear that we're doing something right and that you're enjoying the show. Uh, We're going to keep it up. Definitely. Last review coming from Jay. Hey guys, I really appreciate the effort you put into making sure all your listeners are up to date on everything Apex related. My friends have no clue how I have such specific and detailed information, but it keeps me as the leader of our team and my hopes are running high when running into fights. Thanks. Keep up the perfect work and keep those voices so soothing. Love, Jay. Much appreciated. I'm glad you're having a leg up. Sad part is he's not going to be telling his friends about us, but hey, you, know, <laughs> hey, you got to be if, the leader. If you got to do it, you got to do it. Knowledge is power. That's all we got to say. Remember, if you leave a five-star review on Apple Pods, we'll make sure to read it out on an episode. Uh, let's dive into some news, though, now. First piece of news, Throwback Weekends is an idea rolling around. This is from the Reddit user Nizzy De Niro and has gotten a lot of positivity from the community, receiving over 20,000 upvotes on Reddit. The idea is that Respawn should give us Throwback Weekends, where a previous iteration of a map is in rotation all weekend long. What are your thoughts on this idea, HB? We've been really wanting them to stretch out the map rotation mm-hmm. feature uh, for a while, ever since it was introduced. Um, I think this is an interesting idea, specifically uh, on the weekend yeah. idea. Very, very short playlist. Um, I think that that would be really cool for specifically the players that play a lot and mm-hmm. do remember, you know, back in the day and some of the older maps. So I think it would be interesting and probably doable to have it be weekend yeah three days you know i like the weekend idea just because of it's not going to feel overwhelming on the rank you're not going to be like oh, i can't grind rank because i want to play this new iteration of the map because five days you still got mm-hmm. to do it um and then you mentioned kind of like being rewarding for old players for nostalgia and stuff i also think it's a really good thing for new players i mean there's all this talk and such about these old maps that they've never touched and it would be kind of like obviously hard to play some of the older maps but i think it'd be really cool for a lot of uh, newer players to actually get a taste of maybe some Skull Town or some other things as well. Totally. It's hard to imagine right now playing Winter Express mm-hmm. and never having landed in Capital City. Like yeah. You really don't really recognize where you're at. And I think that's interesting. So I hope that someone like this comes to comes to the game. That would be awesome. Next piece of news, Mark All As Seen features come into the game via Daniel Klein on Reddit. This will allow you to clear all your red dot gear notifications with the push of one button. For all our OCD folks out there, this one's for you. (laughs) This is a wonderful feature. I am a no red dot player for sure. I'm not, I mean, I feel like I'm so on top of it that if I get something, I open it, I look at it, it's cleared. So I wonder if I'll use this, but if you don't use this, man, like, or if you don't do what I do, this is going to be really effective. I got more red dots than anyone else can imagine pretty much. So I would love to have this feature. They don't bother me, but if I had the option, I would remove them. Sure. I'm just too lazy. Last piece of news, Pathfinder's Quest book. We talked about it a little bit a long time ago, but it is now available for pre-order and will release on February 2nd. Quick little blurb from the book just to give you guys an idea of what this is, but explore the world of the hit game through the eyes of the lovable robot. Pathfinder, as he chronicles his journey throughout the various environs of the Outlands to interview his fellow legends, all in the hope of finally locating his mysterious creator, 
the rich history of Apex Legends is explained by the character that helped to shape it. Are there unique bonds of competition and camaraderie? Whoa. It's going to be cool. We're definitely getting a copy. Mm-hmm. Not quite sure how we're going to approach it yet. Like, we're definitely going to enjoy it and read it, but it'd be really nice to make a podcast episode yeah. focused around it. But you don't want to spoil too much. So the timing and exactly what we do with it is still kind of to be determined. But we're excited about it. If you guys want us to read you the book, maybe we could do that. <laughs> special, <laughs> special, special audible brought to you by Henry and Shay. Yeah, that could be fun. I wonder, is that legal? I Can don't know. Do we'll have to look into it. Probably not, actually, now that I think about it. Maybe we should just apply to be the official audible of the book. for sale on Amazon. Yeah. And if they we don't already have people. the Mirage voice actor lined up, I mean, why not us? <laughs> I think we'll look into that. Let's do it now. Let's talk about the main topic of the day. Really diving into the SMG meta, hoping to answer the question of what's the best SMG for you guys. This is going to be a fun one. We got a lot to talk about. So hopefully we can, you know, give you guys all the information that you need. For sure. It's going to get messy. We have a lot to talk about. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of emotions on this topic, but to just dive right in, first we just want to have an overview as to why SMGs are important in Apex. And that's a pretty powerful question Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of good guns in Apex. There's a lot of different play styles, but SMGs are special. Very. Um, You know, you have... The wingman, close quarters, you know, high damage pistol kind of dominates the meta. Uh, You also have shotguns. Mm -hmm. You have really powerful ARs in this game, like way more powerful than other games. Um, And so SMGs are a wonderful uh, option for people that want to contest close quarters. They have the mobility. They want to get some kills and play aggressive but don't necessarily want to take the huge risk of a weapon like the wingman mm-hmm. or the mastiff. So it's really cool to be able to have a pretty competitive SMG meta um, for players that want to be up close. They want to spray, they want full auto, mm-hmm. but they also want to perform up close head to head against shotguns. Yeah. And that's where SMGs are. Yeah, it's perfect. I mean, a huge portion of Apex is played in close range, whether it be inside or final circles where things are shrinking in really tight. And so there is value in having these guns that are made for the closer range. Couple that with the fact that Apex is a great game and you get to carry two weapons. Uh, it's really nice to have the versatility that an SMG can provide and the forgiveness of not hitting 14s with the Mastiff all day long. So with that said, though, let's talk about our favorite SMG real quick before we dive into the ones we're actually going to be talking about for the rest of the day and maybe give our thoughts on our favorite SMG and what happened with it this season going to the care package, and that is the Prowler. The Prowler, one of our favorite guns. We've been preaching it for the absolute longest time, and we were the ones saying that this gun competes with the R9 when it was on the ground uh, before a lot of other people, I think, got onto that train of thought. So give me just a little bit maybe about the thoughts of the impact it has on being in the care package now. Yeah, so we just wanted to give a nod to the Prowler, even though it's out of rotation, because we couldn't be here today discussing the SMG meta if Mm -hmm. it wasn't for the Prowler being removed. And the reason of that is, A, um, when the R99 was in the care package last season, you had a very interesting event 
and that was light weapons equaled heavy weapons mm-hmm. in terms of floor loot. So the loot pool was probably the healthiest it's ever been mm-hmm. in that regard. Now that the Prowler took the R9's place, light guns have the majority, but the SMG meta also is purely barrel stabilizers. Mm-hmm. So it really levels the playing field in some regard um, that all of the weapons that we're going to be comparing essentially have the same attachments. Mm-hmm. And the Prowler is not really discussed because it's much, much different than these. So it's definitely interesting. I think we've already, you know, shed a tear for the Prowler mm-hmm. and the care package. Mm-hmm. Um, but the fact that it is allows us to have a much cleaner comparison. Definitely. Let's talk now and give a little brief overview of the two guns, give them a little bit of hype. The first one being the R99. This is the gun that's been a day one favorite for a lot of Apex Legends players. The R99 is the successor to Titanfall's R97, which was manufactured by Lastissimo's Armory. little wink wink some of the patrons right there. They're going to know what's up with that. The R99 has been on a journey of buffs and nerfs in terms of balancing, finding itself in the care package for a season as well. This gun is always going to be an Outlands favorite, so get used to picking it up or seeing it in your death recap. That's for sure. Yeah, the death recap. It happens a lot. It happens a lot. We got the Volt, though, as well. The Volt is the latest weapon to be introduced to the games. This energy SMG is starting to become a rival as one of the top weapons in the game. The first SMG to be brought into the game since its release is having a serious impact on the meta at all levels of play. It's one of the scariest sounding weapons due to its energy nature. Can it overtake the R99 in terms of top SMG, though? Let's find out. And we're also going to be talking about the alternator, but the alternator doesn't get its hype until Disruptor comes back. And then, trust me, we're going to hype the heck out of that thing. Yeah, we have some inside sources that are fighting the good fight, Mm -hmm. and so we're excited to see if maybe that can uh, come out again. Um, So now we're going to do the number comparison uh, of all three of the SMGs. And... I will just preface this by saying it's close. Mm -hmm. I think we've done these number comparisons before for ARs, for light and heavy, for snipers. Uh, But this specific class is really, really tight. And so these numbers uh, can easily, you know, blend together and blur together. So try to stay focused. I will stay focused. And we're going to start with the alternator just as kind of a base of comparison. Okay. First, you have the clip size. Starts at 19, max clip size of the purple extended is 27. Damage profile, 15 to the body, 23 to the head. A new metric Mm -hmm. uh, for uh, our number comparisons here on the third party is the total potential damage (laughs) output. And so this is body damage if you hit all 27 shots in a purple extended mag. Okay. So the Damage potential in a big clip of the alternator is 405 damage. Now, the favorite statistic is the accuracy requirement. In order to get a knock against someone with 200 health or purple armor, you have to hit 14 shots. If you have a purple extended mag, which is 27, you have to hit 51.8% accuracy. So you have to hit more than half the mag in order to knock somebody with full health and full shields. Now the reload. For a tactical, meaning you still have bullets in the mag when you reload, it takes 1.9 seconds. A full reload is 2.23 seconds. The rounds per minute, 
or RPM is 640, which is going to be our slowest mm -hmm. in the SMG class. But you can see here the alternator, solid damage, mm -hmm. really nice damage potential, decent clip size in comparison, even though it's very close. Um, and that accuracy, I think, is a really good baseline. Definitely. Now the R9, okay? Mm -hmm. The mean, the lean, the fast, the nasty mm -hmm. R99 starts off with a clip size of 20, one more round than the alternator, but then also ends with 27 at the top end. So essentially a very, very uh, similar clip distribution mm -hmm. to the alternator. They're both light. They both take barrel stabilizers, totally same attachments, very similar on the clip size end. The damage, though, is where they differ vastly. <laughs> uh, the body damage to the R99 is 11, and the headshot is 17, with a total damage potential of a purple mag being 297, so more than 100 damage less than what a full clip of the alternator can theoretically do. Mm -hmm. Now the accuracy requirement, and this is the big one. Mm -hmm. You have to hit 19 shots in order to knock someone with purple shields. If you have a purple light mag, that means you have to hit 19 out of 27 shots or 70% accuracy. This is the highest accuracy in the game mm -hmm. for full auto and burst weapons. Um, so yeah, we'll circle back to that. But 70% accuracy requirement is something that definitely defines this whole weapon and sets it apart uh, from the other SMGs. Reload time is going to be 1.8 tactical and 2.25 on the full. Very similar uh, to the alternator. Uh, slightly better on the tactical, but slightly longer on mm -hmm. the full. Interesting. You know, it's interesting to dig into the numbers and see the weird differences that the developers make for the weapons. Going into balancing is kind of funny. It's yeah. definitely interesting. And then you have a rounds per minute of 1,080. Fastest RPM in mm -hmm. the game. It's just a shredder. Then you have the Volt. Clip size at 19, same as the alternator, one less than the R99, and a max clip size of 26, so one under the R99. Uh, I think that's interesting. They're all very close, but mm -hmm. that one bullet in a game like this, one bullet mm -hmm. can count. Damage profile, even better than the alternator in terms of damage. You have 16 to the body, 24 to the head, and then a total damage potential of 416. So if we're going to be shaking this down to R9 versus Volt, we're seeing a pretty similar clip size, a vastly different damage, and now the accuracy. The Volt, in order to knock somebody with purple armor, takes 13. So if you have a purple mag, that's 13 out of 26, which is a nice, clean 50%. Compare that to the R99, which has a 70% accuracy requirement. That's a very tangible difference. Mm -hmm. You have to hit a lot more shots. Reload. Volt has a 1.6 tactical reload, which in terms of reload speed is pretty significant. Mm -hmm. A lot of the guns in the game in general, you know, talk about ARs, is pretty significant to me that the Volt has a 0.2 uh, faster tactical reload. So 1.6 and then the exact same full reload has the R99 at 2.25. So interesting how those kind of shake out if they're both shooting at each other and they empty a whole clip mm -hmm. it's going to be exactly the same time for them to uh, get a mag back in and then the rpm for the volt is 783 so faster than the alternator mm -hmm. in terms of rounds per minute but significantly slower than the r99 
Definitely. It's really interesting looking at the stats here. I think we love the accuracy stats and what they kind of show, especially when you're using a gun at any sort of range and even close range is going to make a difference. And then I think the thing that we should talk about, though, is the DPS, the time to kill, because I think there is a stereotypical concept that floats around in the Apex scene that the R99's got the fastest time to kill in the game. It's way more significant than anything else. This gun, if you can hit your shots, absolutely shreds. And while it does have the higher DPS than the Volt, um, it is not a substantial difference. The speed difference in time to kill is 0.027 seconds. It's very, very little of an impact. While it is a difference, it's not the thing that's going to, you know, should dictate why you choose a weapon per se, I think is what we kind of want to hammer home with that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you look at the damage per second and the R99 has a 202. Really high. Mm-hmm. Very high compared to the R301. Mm-hmm. Volt has a damage per second of 196. And so that's a difference in six damage per second, which mm-hmm. is just nothing. And when you consider the fact that the time to kill has only a difference of 0.27 seconds, them both being just slightly over one second time mm-hmm. to kills, you know, the fastest that the human eye can observe is 0.016 seconds. You know, a change in a picture uh, faster than that, human eye can't mm-hmm. even see it. So this is very close to that uh, floor. And so when you look at it like that, the difference in noticeable time to kill in a head-to-head comparison of the R99 and Volt is a one percentage, one percent of one second mm-hmm. difference. So that's huge. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting about, you know, like you said, so many people say, oh, the R99 shreds if you can hit all your shots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the Volt shreds and you don't have to hit mm-hmm. all your shots. So that's how close they are. In reality, the mm-hmm. time to kill is pretty much equivalent, but you have to be 20% less accurate in order to get the same results. Don't turn off the podcast just because we're saying some good stuff about the Volt and not so nice about the R9. We got more, we got more to talk about here. But first, let's talk about early game drop because this got to happen to everybody. You got to drop early game and fight without armor or very little sometimes. And so it's important to kind of, uh, I think, take note of the differences here. Yeah. So, you know, the stats that we just went over are pretty much fully kitted. Mm-hmm. You know, they're set up against each other. Yeah. They have purple mags. But say you don't have a purple mag, R99 takes 10 shots to kill an enemy with no armor. I'm talking early game. That's 10 out of the 20 shots in the mag, still 50% accuracy requirement. Volt, same exact situation, only takes six shots to down an enemy with no armor. That's six out of 19, so that's 31% accuracy. We still see that 20% difference, even with no attachments. Mm -hmm. So it's just, I think, important to see that this is kind of continued down the line, fully Mm -hmm. kitted versus right off the rip. Accuracy-wise and damage-wise, the Volt wins out significantly. Definitely. Let's talk a little bit about recoil pattern now and i think it's important to note that uh these are smgs high rate of fire for the r9 still a high rate of fire for the volt in comparison to the other weapons these are guns that are pretty difficult to control in general so we'll go into kind of our opinions on it but i just want to throw in before we do so make sure if you love these weapons you actually spend some time in the firing range to practice it because 
firing range practice with these SMGs is going to make a significant difference in how good you perform with them in game. You know, R301 is pretty easy to pick up and shoot like a laser beam. These guys, even with the best barrel stabilizers, are not so much in comparison. And that's a great point in that accuracy is so, so, so important for SMGs because in most situations you're going to be going against a wingman or a mastiff. Mm -hmm. So you have to hit a lot more shots than them in order to be successful. But when we look at the two recoil patterns, so ADS recoil patterns, um, both are extremely vertical. You know, they're not crazy like most energy weapons are. Um, The Volt is pretty much up and down, uh, just like the R99. But there are some key differences in certain situations that I think we want to highlight. The first is that they both put their first six shots in essentially a straight upwards pattern. Mm -hmm. And then they jog slightly to the right and then come back to center and finish their mags in a pretty dang tight grouping. Now, the R99's initial shots are grouped tighter and are more straight up, meaning that in a burst situation, the R99 is going to be far more accurate from a recoil standpoint than the slow and looser pattern of the Mm -hmm. Volt. So in that situation, I think recoil-wise, I give it to the R99. Then in the end of the mag, so kind of the end of the recoil pattern, um, it is very, very even, Mm -hmm. honestly, in terms. They both kind of come into a nice settle. Um, The recoil controllability, I think, evens out. Um, And they put their last 14 shots into essentially the same final condensed spray pattern. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a good thing or a bad thing for your recoil control, because it's going to depend on the player, But the fact that the R99 does shoot so fast means that this recoil pattern is going to happen a lot quicker. Harder to control in some situations, but you could also make the argument that you'll get to the end of it quicker as well. And that can be beneficial to that point as well. So that's the only other thing about recoil. Anything else before we move on to the next metric? Let's do it. Hip fire comparison. I think this is the one that surprised us a little bit when we're looking at it. Um, and so R99 has been renowned to be the best hip fire gun. And that stats decided to back this one up. Let's take a little deep dive comparison. So for a standing hip fire spread, so the accuracy of the guns when you're hip firing them standing still, the Volt has a 2.75, the R9 is a 1.0. Lower the number, the tighter the spread's going to be, and the more accurate it's going to be. When you're standing and running, the spread's going to be 3.25 on the Volt, and the R9 is going to be 1.5. And then last but not least, when you're crouched, the hip spread is going to be 2 for the Volt and 0.8 for the R9. This is a pretty substantial difference. Two to almost three times more accurate for the R99 in a hip fire situation, which I think leans a lot to the point of why a lot of pros and players say the R9 is a very high skill cap weapon, because if you can hip fire this gun successfully, that's where you're going to find a significant advantage over the Volt specifically and a lot of other guns at any range. Absolutely. I mean, this is huge. This is not a slight difference. This Mm -hmm. is a major, major impactful difference. And really the takeaways here uh, as a listener and a player is if you're using the Volt, you want to aim down sights. Mm -hmm. But both of them, you need to consider the fact that when you're hip firing, you have your normal movement speed. Mm -hmm. You're not penalized by, I believe, 85% for Mm -hmm. SMGs um, and a reduction to your movement speed. So head-to-head, if a Volt and an R9 are in each other's face and 
you know, the and they both have pretty good movement. Mm-hmm. And the same, the R9 is going to have a better spread in hip fire. Yeah. No question. And I think it's important to note with this stat is these guns, while in the same class, can be used very differently in terms of effectiveness. That R9 can be that very close range gun and the Volt can offer you a bit more range. The Volt has an increase of 10% in bullet velocity, which makes it a bit easier to hit targets at any range is really over 100 meters. At that point, you're going to get some serious bullet drop for the R9. And that's a pretty impactful thing for an SMG to be able to hit a two times on there if you want to. And you could even run that Mastiff with it if you wanted to. Uh, you're going to find success there when if you run an R9 Mastiff, you're going to really struggle at anything that's not very, very close range. Yeah. And, and we talk all the time about versatility. Mm-hmm. You know, to have those two weapons that can you know do different things. Um, in this regard, looking at this, it's an okay idea to run a Vol and an R9, mm-hmm. you know, like if mm-hmm. you have the attachments, um, they can be used in very different situations. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit now about the loot distribution and the loot pool, because this is where I think it also gets a little bit more interesting uh, with the care package change for this uh, season. It really does. And so essentially they're using the same stocks, they're using the same barrel stabilizers, mm-hmm. but when it comes to extended mags and ammo, they're in different classes, the mm-hmm. Volt and the R9. Now to look at the light weapons, there's currently six of them mm-hmm. that take extended mags. You have the P2020, R45, Alternator, R99, R301, and G7. Now the energy weapons that take extended mags are the Volt, the Havoc, and the Devotion. L-Star doesn't mm-hmm. even have a mag. Dang. And that's pretty crazy. So we're talking a six to three ratio between mm-hmm. light guns and energy guns and what that shakes down to is essentially there's going to be double the light ammo mm-hmm. and double the light extended mags than energy mm-hmm. that really has to make you kind of step back essentially because numbers aside mm-hmm. you know stats weapon stats aside this is a br you don't get to choose your loadout yep you know you have you know random loot generation and if that randomness is less than half of the likelihood of you even getting, you know, a necessary attachment to make it a contending weapon, mm-hmm. that's something you really have to consider when, you know, weighing these weapons against each other. Yeah, it, it's really impactful. I'm, the odds of you finding the stuff you need for making that R9 as good as it can be are a bit higher. And I think the replicator is one of the ways in which we want to counteract that with being able to craft ammo. And, you know, if you got a purple extended energy mag in the replicator for the day, shred with the volt all day. And I think that is something that is just very important to kind of note in the grand scheme of things, like you were saying, stats aside. Yeah, I mean, you have the same likelihood of getting an energy extended mag than you do a sniper extended mag. Mm -hmm. And, you know, not very many people like sniper extended mag, so Mm -hmm. that's kind of a blemish on the energy (laughs) class. A little bit. Let's wrap it up. So, the R99 has dominated the meta for so long that, honestly, it's just really hard to break that perception. Mm -hmm. You know, early players and new players pretty much have it in their mind that the R99 is unrivaled. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we talk about a weapon with the best full auto close quarters uh, in our eyes since the release is Mm -hmm. the R9. You know, it's pretty much been that way. 
And then you have the alternator and the prowler that have been through a lot of changes that have brought them in and out of favor Mm -hmm. over over the months and years. Um, But now we have the entry of a brand new weapon in season six, the Volt, and that really mixes things up, Mm -hmm. honestly. A lot of players seem to draw the correlation that up close the R99 is king, while the Volt has the damage uh, to contend and be more versatile at range. Mm -hmm. What we know about the hipfire spread kind of rings true. Mm -hmm. Um, It's important to note that these weapons are within fractions of a second of each other in time to kill. And so the best hard numbers to compare are the accuracy requirement and the recoil. R99 wins out in that hipfire spread, but it's really close when it comes to the ADS recoil. Mm -hmm. The Volt wins out in accuracy um, and just across the board in all situations. Yeah. And so I think if you're, you're going to ask like, which gun is better, which one do I pick up? And this is a BR. And so the answer is not clear cut and dry. The answer is, well, what legend are you playing? And what's your other weapon? You know, if you're carrying a Mastiff, it's the Volt by a mile. If you're carrying, uh, you know, a assault rifle or something that means, okay, I really want something for that super up close, like in a building combat then that R99 is going to be able to, with the hip fire, do things that the Volt can't. And I think one of the thoughts around these two guns is that the R9 is the higher skill cap gun. And I think there is an actual argument to be made that that is true, with hip fire being a huge portion of the ability to have success with it and the accuracy requirement the R99 needs to be successful. So this is one of the guns in the game that actually rewards you for being significantly better at the game than your counterparts and practicing the recoil pattern i'm personally happy that there is now another smg though that very much can make an impact and it's not just like oh man i have the alternator i'm just you know i'm i can't compete with the r9 which is very unfortunate that was a thing for a while yeah and it's it's very easy to get bogged down in numbers Mm -hmm. okay that's where we are Mm -hmm. you know we're trying to do the dirty work here um when shay says that you know, it's a higher skill cap weapon. That is an interesting thing to say mm-hmm. because it is. It has more accuracy requirement. You have to hit more shots. But that aside, nobody wants to hit more shots. That's not a fun activity. <laughs> I want to hit less shots. But what makes the R99 better is the hip fire spread. Mm-hmm. And that means that you have to be better at movement than someone using the Volt mm-hmm. because. DPS-wise, they essentially are exactly the same. Mm -hmm. So if you're using R99, you need to use your mobility skills to outmaneuver a Volt and to force them to miss shots. The game's not in a vacuum. Mm -hmm. You have to use everything you have in order to get the leg up. And with the R99, that is easier based on the spread stats. That is why I think the huge portion of it is the legend. Like I said, if you're using Jibby, there's not a big reason for you to be carrying the R99. I mean, yeah. if your advantage is hip fire, uh, you don't want to be hip firing as Jibby quite often because then you're losing that gun shield. And so just understand in your concept of play what's best for you in that situation. That's a BR. Nothing's ever going to be so straightforward. Any other thoughts, though, on the SMG meta? We definitely want to hear what your guys' thoughts are. If mm-hmm. this was a revelation for you, if you learned something, please let us know. Um, if you think we got anything seriously wrong, also let <laughs> us know. Uh, but, you know, 
both these weapons are good. Go mm-hmm. out, use them both, identify the differences, and play to your strengths. Like Shay said, mm-hmm. establish you know your main, and then pick weapons that really suit that playstyle. Yep. Before we get into the rest of the episode, here's a word from our sponsors. The Good Games Podcast is brought to you by Henry and Shay. Hopefully you like those two guys by now. From our success covering Apex Legends, we've sought out to create a new project talking about all the good games. If all In all seriousness, if you want to hear Henry and I cover games from Rogue Company to Assassin's Creed, check out the link in the description to hear about all the new good games, new episodes coming very soon. Welcome back. Now we're going to be talking about the quick draw hop-up. Um... Something that we kind of overlooked for a while. It was very exciting to get a new hop mm-hmm. up uh, in season seven, um, but we it didn't really get pushed to the top because we had a lot of interviews, a lot to cover mm-hmm. with new map. The kind of Olympus kind of outshined the quick draw here. Uh, but today we're kind of going to go into what it does, why you should use it, mm-hmm. and you know w- what exactly it is. Yeah. Essentially, as much as we love hop ups, it it wasn't one we felt like okay, we need to seriously rush to talk about. It It doesn't like, it's not going to completely alter the meta of the game like Anvil or Skullpiercer or some of these other ones uh, really have previously. Yeah, we are fascinated by hop-ups. Mm-hmm. Love the science behind hop-ups. We're excited to have a guest on or to help us to maybe answer some questions about weapons and the role of hop-ups. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to just bite right into this one, the full name of the hop-up is the Quick Draw Holster. And what does it do? It's the new Season 7 hop-up for the RE45 and the Wingman. And it has a laundry list of impacts. It improves four things. Weapon raise and lower time. Zoom in and zoom out time. Weapon deploy and lower time. And that's the fist to weapon drop Mm -hmm. time. And then finally the hip fire standing, walking, and running. Changes those and improves them. To just kind of go one by one. Mm-hmm. First, that weapon raise and lower time. For the RE45, it's increased by 35%, and it goes from 0.2275 seconds from 0.35 seconds. So, like always, we're talking fractions of a second. It's hard to consider that, and so it's better to use the percentage, 35%, mm-hmm. but understand that that percentage difference is fractional. Mm-hmm. Wingman increases the weapon raise and lower time by 30%, 0.315 seconds from 0.4 seconds. And essentially, this is not very noticeable. It's not. And it's not very important. Mm-hmm. So probably not going to talk much about it, no, um, we can, honestly. We it, can keep it's going. It's not very important to the game in general. Um, you don't really have a situation where raise and lower time even affects things and the impact of this hop up is barely noticeable i like to run around with no gun like i like to holster to get the extra speed and even with this it's just like it's two weapons it's not going to make a huge difference yeah 0.1 seconds doesn't really yeah feel like anything um but we start to get into more exciting things ads speed um so when you're aiming down sights the time that it takes to actually aim the weapon Mm -hmm. um this is dependent on the optic that you run, so it's not entirely possible <laughs> to get all the specific numbers, but we can say and tell you that the wingman does receive a 15% faster boost than the RE45 with the quick draw. It's interesting, mm-hmm. you know, hop-ups go on multiple different weapons. For this one, 
the changes to each weapon is very different. You know, we saw 35% difference in the raise time for the RE45 compared to a 30%, and now the wingman has a 15% faster boost to the ADS speed. So it's interesting. Also important to note that the wingman has the same movement speed when hip firing and aiming down sights. That is important to know. Because if that's not a fun fact, yeah. I don't know what mm-hmm. is. Because we just talked about the R9 and how mm-hmm. big of an impact that literally makes on the meta of SMGs is the difference in, you know, movement speed while hip firing and so versus ADS. And so that's just kind of ridiculous that the wingman actually doesn't have a difference. I love weapon balancing in this game and seeing what the like fun, interesting little quirks are that they do that are like, yeah, we need to do this so the game is overall better. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. It really is. Because when you hear something like that, the takeaway is, okay, if I'm close quarters, I'm doing my movement, I want to aim down sights with a one times HCOG because I'm going to not take a penalty at Mm -hmm. all um, compared to someone that's hip firing and going to be less accurate because of it. Mm -hmm. So moving right along. Um, It's weird that this hop up focuses on that ADS speed for pistols because the wingman isn't really affected at all. Um, and when they're already the fastest in the game, um, and the change that it does make is hardly noticeable. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, kind of maybe the most important impact of the quick draw is the hip fire spread changes. The RE45 receives a 33% accuracy uh, tightening of the spread while standing still, um, and a 12% accuracy uh, improvement on the spread while running pretty impactful mm-hmm. compare that to the wingman it's different 25 percent <laughs> while standing still is the improvement and 10 percent while running so hip fire is more improved with the re45 than the wingman when you're using the quick draw i think that's really interesting because quick draw it's like the name of the mm-hmm. hop up makes you think okay i want to you know bring this thing up in ads like that is kind of my assumption and so to kind of find that Really, the biggest impact is to not aim down sights and to hip fire this thing uh, is really interesting. I think, do you want to draw any overall conclusions before we go to the next part? It's fascinating. Yeah. It's weird. Just from a you know game design perspective, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, the name of the hop-up and how it works um, is interesting. I Everything's so small. It's mm-hmm. hard to notice. It's not like it's you know rocking the ship. Uh, with any of these changes but it's definitely fascinating now this hop-up is not going to substantially change how you play a game because you found it and it's not going to make you pick this gun over another one per se but answer me this question because this is one a lot of people have been asking and quick draw can go on the wingman like you were saying and so can the skull piercer is there an argument for me that I should be using the quick draw over the skull piercer on the wingman? Well, I'm glad you asked that, Shay. Thank you. Um, because that's a great question, and a lot of people <laughs> have that, and it can be hard. You have both hop-ups. Which one do you use? Mm-hmm. Um, skull piercer increases the wingman's headshot multiplier from 2 times to 2.25 mm-hmm. in damage. In practice... Against normal enemies, no low profile or fortified, this changes the headshot from 90 damage to 101. That's an 11 damage difference, uh, which is the equivalent of one R99 shot. Mm -hmm. 
or a 12% damage increase with the hop-up. Now, I have some interesting <laughs> opinions about this hop-up because it's a gold hop-up. You would pretty much say, yeah, of course, you use that over the quick draw. Um, and it does change the shots to kill slightly, mm-hmm. but only if you're hitting multiple headshots. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of tough. It's only, you know, an 11 damage difference if you hit a headshot. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of interesting. I think on a recent episode when we were talking about snipers and the G7, I think we brought up uh, the wingman and just was like, hey, it's like the consistency of maybe the G7 mm-hmm. in damage kind of makes you lean towards that if you want to have a lot of damage from headshots and such yeah i mean the wingman the most powerful fact about it is that it can do this at multiple ranges it's a very mm-hmm. versatile gun in the hands of a very skilled player and it's a pistol and it's and a so pistol you have that movement speed as well ammo conservation there's some pluses we're not hating on mm-hmm. the wingman we're not no. hating on the wingman wingman is great mm-hmm and the skull piercer is a fan favorite, mm-hmm. and it's been through a lot of changes since season zero. I mean, I'm not sure if, if everyone remembers <laughs> like we gee. do. Oh, gee, skull piercer used to just whew. pretty insane. Um, I'm pretty sure it was 2.5. I think it was, yeah. And I think the base headshot insane. damage was even higher though, yeah. as well, for the wingman. So it was. I think so. It was bad. <laughs> yeah, so pretty powerful, not as powerful, but still, you know, is noticeable if you hit those headshots. But if you do choose the quick draw, and really the biggest thing that you're going to glean from that is have a tighter hip fire spread uh, than you would if you chose the skull piercer. Um, and, you know, with a pistol, you're likely going to be running, gunning close quarters, and having a 12% tighter spread might help you. But the truth is both hop-ups are slight improvements. Mm-hmm. You know, the question of am I going to feel the difference is honestly... Not super big for either, including the skull piercer. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to feel a select fire. You're going to feel a double tap. You're mm-hmm. going to feel a turbocharger. Both of these, you're not really going to feel. Yeah. Unless you're a god with the wingman. <laughs> headshot, headshot, <laughs> headshot, headshot, headshot. Yeah. Then you're hitting, you know, two shot knocks. Yeah. If you can chain them together. And that so that's not something we usually recommend on the show. But if that's you, then it's not even a question. Definitely. Um. Now, it's kind of interesting. Uh, what if you have the RE45 with the quick draw versus the R99? This and blows my mind. This is kind of a joke because the R99 just destroys the RE45 and most of the key metrics, damage, time to kill, mm-hmm. etc. We've spoken about the RE45 before, I believe, uh, on a by the numbers, yep. uh, just mm-hmm. to kind of look at, hey, this is kind of a cool weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, but does the quick draw change the fact that the R99 is a better option. Mm-hmm. Cut to the chase. No. <laughs> uh, the hip fire spread for the R99, like we said earlier, is one. Mm-hmm. The RE45, without the hop up, has a hip fire spread of 2.4, and with it, 1.8. So even from a hip fire perspective, uh, the R99 is going to be a better choice. If you're going to learn anything from today's episode, it's that the R99, you got hip fire that yeah. guy in close range. It's ridiculously uh, just better than the other guns in terms of hip fire. And uh, if you're frustrated by the RE545 versus the R99, even with a hop up, don't be like this game is not made for all guns to be equal. There are supposed to be different 
rankings and tiers of guns within the game. The devs have talked about it. That's why the Mozambique's in the game. Like, not every gun you drop on is going to be able to fairly kill another person. And that's just kind of how it is. Adds to the versatility of the game. I personally like it. I can understand people's frustration uh, without it, but I think it's a uh, it's really healthy that yeah. everybody can, uh, you know, go about it in different ways. You get the great moments of like, oh man, I just did kill someone with the RE45 when they had the nine, and that's not something you get in some other games. Totally, I I love going into the numbers, mm-hmm. and I love the alternator and the RE45. Like I like using them, and when you get deep into the numbers and you learn more things about them you can kind of see okay this is how you use this weapon Mm -hmm. you know r99 you got to be really accurate Mm -hmm. Um, but that hip fire is really going to suit you really well last thing to just say about the quick draw because it is quick draw Mm -hmm. and if you're comparing it uh if you have the re45 with quick draw and you're considering maybe changing to the re (laughs) R99, you're also going to be switching to the R99 because the time it takes to swap from an R99 to an R99 with a purple stock is actually faster than swapping to an RE45 with quick draw, which is just kind of a slap in the face. Like, you have a purple hop up, I have a purple stock, I'm still better. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. R99 just kind of cleans the floor Mm -hmm. and a lot, a lot of numbers. And it's interesting to look at. And the purpose of the quick draw, essentially, not to talk down to it, it's not altering the game. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not changing these late game situations. You're not choosing it over the skull piercer. You're not keeping your RE45 necessarily. Um, but in the early game, it is a nice little boost. Mm-hmm. Little boost, kind of fun. Uh, we'll see what the future of hop-ups is. It's one of the things that we're most excited about. Um, the quick draw was kind of... Uh, uh, someone from left field. Yeah. But it's cool. Hey, I played left field. So let's go. Let's go. <laughs> okay. Time for one of our favorite segments. Welcome to the club. Remember, if you want your club shouted out on this episode, send us a message, Discord, Instagram, Twitter, somewhere, so we can share it and hopefully get some more people interacting with each other and playing with each other in the Apex community. This club's name is Team Radioactive. The colors are yellow and black. Black and yellow, black and yellow, black and yellow. I was just about to sing that. Oh, yes. Uh, Here's a little description. We're a group of either decent or really good Apex players that grind ranked. We take only team players. Other than that, anyone is welcome. You can reach out to the leader, Knights of Ren 65, in our Discord. Join up. Get some dubs. It's all about joining clubs, grinding and just having a good time. This game is going to be so much better to play if you're playing with other people. It's not even close. Absolutely. Let's Go wrap join. it up now with some questions. Remember, if you want your question answered on the pod, leave a five-star review with your question. Guaranteed it'll be answered. You can send it to us on anywhere else, and if we have some extra time, we'll try and flip it in. First question, though. Coming from Jed Ward 123 Hi, guys. I love the pod. Thank you so much for all the hard work you put into it. I was wondering how I can get better at reacting to situations. One example is when I'm strafing in front of a doorway, I always strafe too far away and misplace the location of the door. Thus, when I'm getting lasered, I always back into a wall and die. Any advice? Love the pod. Keep up the good work. Yeah, I mean, movement and just kind of game sense is hard in BRs in general and Apex. The lame, easy answer is 
the more you play, the more you'll start to know. Uh, from a movement perspective, though, if you kind of just want to improve and get kind of a better sense of where am I strafing and the speed at which I travel and such, uh, play in the firing range, run around and take advantage of Winter Express right now. Having a mode where you can respawn and get in a lot of firefights, you're going to start to understand the mechanics of where you're moving and when at certain times. Totally. And, you know, why we often discuss strafing is that's the best way to dodge shots. Mm -hmm. You know, having horizontal movement is a lot harder than vertical movement. But I think as maybe a band-aid on this situation, for this specific, you know, instance of being in front of a doorway, Mm -hmm. consider crouching and jumping instead of strafing. If you're not super comfortable with the map and where Mm -hmm. you are, then don't necessarily get too crazy with the with the strafing and use other movement as well so you can kind of keep uh your awareness up definitely next question coming from isaac aka fat dog speaking the truth i've had two games with 3k damage first time i had a decked out g7 with a gold barrel and the second time i had a gold g7 with 14 kills my highest so to sum up use a g7 to get 3k damage and don't stop shooting shoot at everything that moves also, a side note, I keep telling people a decked out EVA 8 is better than any gun close range. No one believes me, even after I wreck with it. Thanks for the nice testimonial, Isaac, about the G7. Um, I think that's important for people to hear. Definitely. Um, maybe we have to talk about the EVA 8 again on another episode, but I can try to validate your thoughts. Mm-hmm. And what it comes down to is the spread. Mm-hmm. The EVA 8 has essentially a diamond spread mm-hmm. that is perfectly matching the size of a legend. And the Mastiff has a horizontal spread. Mm-hmm. And so most of the time, half of the bullets are going to go around your enemies because they go horizontal. So, you know, with a tighter spread on a shotgun, yeah, it can really, really shred um, but I think that's what it comes down to is just the grouping of mm-hmm. those pellets. And that double tap can make a huge, huge difference with the EVA, but it also makes it a, a bit more difficult to use and less forgiving. So, yes, very good. There's some trade off there when it's fully decked out if you're using double tap specifically in your situation. They are both savage in mm-hmm. Winter Express. Oh, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's crazy how guns behave in that game mode. Next question coming from I Killed You, LOL. Hi. I am a level 40 big boy on COD back in the day, so I have a question. I really love the Good Games podcast, and I want to know when the next episode is. Also, what do you think about a P2020 with a silencer? Maybe it would have 20 damage on the body, 30 on the head. Might look like the Valorant silence pistol. Kind of a weapon concept, I believe. I like that. I like that. Silencer would be interesting in this game. I mean... Audio is a big aspect of people, positive and negative, with this game. But overall, having a gun that you know you couldn't hear, you know where you're coming from, would be really, really nice. Uh, the only disadvantage with it is that it's a team game, and most of the time, if you're with your team and they're shooting at the same people, you're not going to really notice the effects of the silencer uh, yeah. when your friend next to you is using the G7. So that could be a little bit harder. Yeah, I wonder if like you could have a silencer as like a like a tactical. Like you put down mm-hmm. like like an ammo box and everybody gets one silencer that has, you know, yeah. a duration on it maybe. That could be cool. You know, messing around with that idea is something that I'm definitely interested in. 
Um, but to answer your question about the Good Games podcast, I'm so glad that we disappeared and somebody noticed. Yeah. <laughs> I feel really bad. We got so also, busy. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of episodes in the pipeline. I don't know if we can make a hard commitment right now. It's not going to be this week. No. It might be next week. We got finals and then That's- Henry and I are both balancing going home for christmas time and such uh, to go see our families and remote recording while we enjoy it we have some limitations on it from a cost perspective and uh, it's a little bit harder to do and edit so we're going to try and figure it out when we do come back though the commitment we've told some people in the past is we want to make sure when we get the next episode of good games out which is hopefully going to be soon that it's on a consistent schedule and we're not just putting one out to take another three and a half week break or something like that Absolutely. Oh, and then the last thing I'll throw in on the silencer is I do like that in some games, silencers add accuracy in a way. And so that could be another cool little benefit maybe uh, as well. Totally. Last question coming from WJRT5. You guys are awesome. Thanks for pushing out content every week. Y'all get me through the week anticipating the next episode. Do y'all have any ideas for mastering Wraith? I just started playing her and I'm really enjoying it, but I'm also pretty bad. I really enjoy you guys. Thanks. Good question. Glad you're uh, liking the show. Um, you know, we've been pushing back doing a Mastering the Legends of Wraith for a while. Mm-hmm. I know everybody wants to hear it. Um, it's going to happen. It's going to happen. We're getting more, you mm-hmm. know, and we tried to maybe get a guest on that, you know, maybe had like 10,000 kills with Wraith mm-hmm. or something to add some credibility to it. Um, but I think we're getting closer uh, to feeling like uh, she's up next. And now I'm also scared, though, a little bit that, uh, we're going to talk about her and then we're going to see some kind of change with mm-hmm. what Daniel's talking about. Like, oh, changing the hitbox and then maybe bringing some more power back into the kit. It's frustrating when we do a Mastering the Legend and then very soon thereafter, the abilities of the Legend change. Totally. So, yeah. That wraps it up, though, guys. Make sure to subscribe on Apple. Give us a follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star review with your question. We'll answer it on the next episode. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Third Party Pod. Sub to the YouTube channel, Third Party Podcast. Stop by our weekly streams. Check out the Discord to join an awesome community. View the link in the description. Thank you so much for listening to the Third Party Podcast. Peace. Hey, now. Another squad coming in. Whole squad down. Hey, brother, not today. Maybe tomorrow. <laughs>